0: Welcome back to some Real News for Once with Carson Robinson, History Edition. In today's episode, we are going to be looking at two types of ships, the Liberty Ships and their successor, the Victory Ships. Both are used in WW2 by the U.S. Merchant Marine Corps, and they were both very, very big in size, but they're cargo ships and they were built in the u.s of course it was a british design though that was adopted by the u.s for simple and low-cost construction it was mass produced at an unprecedented scale it symbolizes the u.s wartime industrial output the class was developed to meet british orders for transports to re- replace ships that had been lost 18 American shipyards built 2,710 Liberty ships between 1941 and 1945. An average of three ships per every two days. That's very fast. That's the largest number of ships ever produced to a single design. Now, um, there's only four of them remaining. There's the John W. Brown, which is in Baltimore, Maryland. There is the, um, let's see, yeah, Jeremiah O'Brien, which is in San Francisco, California at Pier 45. And also John W. and Jeremiah are both ship museums. Then there's the Mary Cassette, which is in Vladutovsky, Russia.
1: Some
0: yeah i don't know why it's in russia uh interesting oh, well
1: who cares
0: yeah they're completely useless these days
1: yes because we um well we've modernized we've actually made them like more effective so that they won't be sunk by random submarines
0: yes a lot of these things were sunk so some little information about liberty ships they were meant to kind of Make sure Britain didn't get completely destroyed in World War Two.
1: World War II, since, um, like, their, um, supplies were sort of cut off by German U-boats. So, basically, leaving the British population to slowly starve to death.
0: And this was to stop that. So, what they did was they created these ships, and they kind of showed, hey, we can build these ships so fast, it doesn't matter if the enemy sinks a lot of them, we just have... Yeah. More and more.
1: Let's just like make them like disposables. It's exactly like disposable plates and stuff like that.
0: Hope they're paper plates, not plastic.
1: Exactly. Kind of...
0: Yeah. Right after World War II, funny enough, a large number of these Liberty ships were sold to Greece and they were used for cargo and other things. Yeah. But there's only five remaining, like I said. The Mary Cassid...
1: ...as they were outdated.
0: Some were scrapped, others were destroyed and, like, sinking and stuff like that. And, um, so... I told you there's also the Arthur M. Haldi, which is in Greece. It's called the Hella's Liberty. It was restored for a maritime museum in Pyrus Harbor in Greece. So if you're ever in Greece, you can go see that. And uh, then there's, there's the Albert M. Bow. It was the last one ever built. Mm-hmm. And it was sold to a private ownership in 1964 and renamed the Star of Kodak. Using, used as a fish cannery ship. She's currently landlocked but remains at the headquarters of Trident Seafoods in Kodak, Alaska.
1: Basically, they turned it into a fishing boat for commercial fishing and stuff like that.
0: But now it's completely being unused. But by the way, yeah, Trident Seafoods, by the way, is the largest seafood company in the U.S. It's based in Seattle, Washington. But like I said, there were over 2,710 of these built. Only 2,400 survived the war. And uh, 835 were a post war cargo fleet. And then the British, sorry, not the British, the Greek, bought 526 of them. And the Italians bought 98. Shipping magnets including John Frensky, John uh Asterole Onassis, Starvos Sorry Nicholas, we butcher
1: the names again.
0: Starvos George Livanos. Again, there's two Johns, two Livinoses, and one guy named Aristol. And then also the Aridas, Travalias, Achille L'Oreal, Grimalda and Borligatu families have known to started their fleets by <clears throat> buying Liberty ships. Yeah. <sighs> da, 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 da.
1: But seriously, I am sincerely sorry if we actually butcher any of these names and absolutely massacre them. So, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, well, you know, the cool thing about the Liberty ships is they really affected the cargo business. The term Liberty-sized cargo... For one uh, for ten thousand ten hundred thousand long tons, um, which is ten thousand two hundred tons, is still used today in the shipping business. Uh, a lot were lost after the war by naval mines that were not cleared. The Pierre Gabalti was scrapped after hitting a mine in a previously cleared-off area in the Greek island of Kithara. And in 1945, also the Colin P. Kelly Jr., also in the same month, took mortal damage from a mine off a Belgian port. Basically, of.
1: Basically, there are lots of late naval mines from previous naval battles that people forgot to clear, and uh, ships were running into them. Yes.
0: Oh so actually this is a cool thing. On dis sorry, september twenty seventh, nineteen forty two, the SS Stephen Hopkins was the first and only US merchant ship to sink a German surface combatant during the war. Ordered to stop, the Stephen Hopkins refused to surrender, so the heavily armored German commerce raider Steyr and her tender Tavaniflis with one machine gun open fire. Although greatly outgunned, the crew of Stephen Hopkins fought back, replacing the armed guard crew of the ship's lone 4-inch millimeter guns with volunteers as they fell. The fight was short, and both ships were wrecks. Oh, yeah, the only ship to survive a uh, German submarine U-21 attack was the SS Lauren B. Evans on March 10th, 1943. Um, and then a year later, from January 22nd to 30th, 1944, they were involved in the Battle of Anzio, which was a battle of the Italian campaign of World War II that took place from January 22nd 1944 to June 5th, 1944. It was under repeated bombardment from shore batteries and aircraft through an eight-day period. It endured prolonged barrage of shrapnel and machine gun fire and bombs. The crew fought back with shell fire and shot down five German planes. Nice work! And it helped uh, the success of the landing operations. Uh, What else? Let's see. They were used as troop ships as, as well. They were used um, in North Africa for Operation Torch, which was an allied invasion of French North Africa during the Second World War. They were dominated by the French and formally aligned with Germany because France was captured by Germany, but with mixed alliance. And uh, they said they might support the Allies, so they went in. And uh, let's see... They were put in emergency use for troop transports, like I said, but uh, 225 of them were put into this. And they were also used in the Southwest Pacific Area Command's U.S. Army Services of Supply. They converted at least one, the William Ellery Channing in Australia, as an assault troop carrier with landing crafts. And it was reconverted for cargo after the Navy was given responsibility for amphibious assault operations. Uh, Some went to New Guinea as makeshift troop uh, transports, and they installed field kitchens on decks, and they put lanterns between these hatches, and they were actually flushed by hoses attached to fire hydrants, and about 900 troops sleeping on deck, or these tween deck spaces, which is a deck covered over a compartment or a hull of a ship. On a boat or a ship. It's just this weird deck where people sleep. And then they had some problems. And they had hull cracks. Early Liberty ships suffered hull and deck cracks. And a few were lost due to these um, defects. During World War Two, there were at least 1,000... 500 instances of significant brittle fractures. 12 ships, including three of the uh, 2,710 Liberty ships built, broke in half without warning, including the SS John P. Gaines. whose name for the politician John P. Gaines sank on November 24th. Also there's another class of ship that we should tell you a little bit about.
1: Wait, wait, Carson, can I um explain why they s- just like broke without warning?
0: Yeah, of so, course. So
1: remember, um remember how I said like now they're like outdated and defunct and how several times we have said that they they we stated that they were cheap. Well, that was the problem. They were cheap and meant to be disposable. So um they literally put no effort into the construction whatsoever.
0: Mm -hmm. It was supposed to replace losses of cargo ships, the Victory Ships, which were the next class of Liberty Ships. Um, And they were supposed to replace the uh, cargo ships that were being destroyed by German submarines. They were a more modern design compared to the earlier Liberty Ships, which were slightly larger and had more powerful steam turbines to give engines a higher speed... To allow participation in high speed convoys, making them more difficult targets for U boats. A total of 531 victory ships were built. Uh, uh, let's see. No. So there's this really cool photo we have here that we got, and it... Let's just... I can't show it to you because this is a podcast, but let me show you. So it's therefore
1: like, you can't really see photos because, well, you can only hear our disembodied voices.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of weird, but...
1: <coughs> that's the sad part, but... Huh.
0: So uh, the photo looks really cool. It's... About 10 or 20 Victory-class cargo ships lined up at California Shipbuilding Corporation in L.A. And these ships look awesome. It looks like some kind of war base where they're about to launch, like, 20 ships to go destroy the enemies or something. But um, the first one, the SS United Victory, was launched at Oregon Shipbuilding Construction on the January twelfth, nineteen 1944 and completed... On 40 oh, sorry 44 sorry February 28 1944, making her maiden voyage a month later. American vessels frequently had a name incorporating the word victory, and the British and the Canadians used fort and park respectively. After United Victory, the next 34 vehicles were named after allied countries and the following, 218 after American cities, the next 150 after educational institutes, and the remainder given to miscellaneous names. The AP-5 attack transports were named after United States counties, without victory in their name, with the exception of USS Marvin H. Malertry, which was a hassle-class attack transport, yada, 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 which was named after Roosevelt's late personnel secretary. Uh, although the initial deliveries were slow, only 15 had been delivered by May 1944. By the end of the war, 300 and, sorry, 531 had been constructed. But uh, the superstructure monitor's really cool. Let's look at it. So, um, if we're, we're just looking at really the main area where the cabin is. So, it looks kind of like, like a So on deck, it's got this cargo hold tops. And then there's this thing with, like, several cranes and lifeboats. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. There was this whole thing where, um, for Liberty ships, uh, some of them were, like, a large majority of them were blown up by either, uh, uh, just a bunch of them were blown up by... Mines and Submarines by U-Boots. And let's continue on with that. Because of this deadliness, the United States decided to upgrade their design. So they used these things called depth charges, which we may have talked about early on the show with Ellis in our um, British episode. And... Well, uh, I told you depth charges were upgraded to get rid of these submarines. So that was really cool. Also, four Victory ships became fleet ballistic missile cargo ships. So they basically were carrying ballistic missiles. Poseidon missiles, packed petroleum, and spare parts were deployed to submarine tenders. The USNS Norwalk, and it had the name Victory at the end, uh, U.S.N.S. Furman, also Victory at the end, U.S.N.S. Victoria, which was named U.S. Sorry, S.S. Ethiopian Victory and the U.S.N.S. Marshfield, which was the S.S. Marshfield Victory. In 1960s, two Victory ships were reactivated and converted to technological research ships by the U.S. Navy. So that was kind of cool. According to the War Production Board in 1943, the Victory ships had a relative cost of $238 per deadweight ton. So, basically... In our times, it amounts to $35 million. Back then, it was only $2 million. So that's interesting. There was a large number of shipyards to produce the Victory ships. But um, the Merchant Marines used them as well. There was the USS American Victory, which was in Tampa, Florida. There's the remaining ones. There's the American Victory in Tampa, Florida. The Lane Victory in L.A., And there's the USS Redwood, Red Oak victory, and it's in Richmond, California. The USS Lincoln victory is half-sunken in the Bay of Panama. She was sold and renamed Sin Young. Sin Young sank in the Panama Canal with the help of the Anjax Crane Barge, which was moved to the Bay in 1972. Yada yada yada. There's also the empire ships, which I have no idea what those are, because we're talking about the other two right now. But um, let's look some more at some. Yeah. Our- yeah. What?
1: I mean, one thing to remember: <clears throat> the ship still probably used the the prefix USS, just like any other American ship. British ships use HMS. You get the idea. German ships use KMS, but no one really cares about oh. about the Navy anymore, so
0: Navy is cool. Useless yeah. Okay, Folks. so it's there's so many of these things and uh there's this list and it's I mean, I'm just looking at A to F and there's so many. This is just a list of all the Liberty ships. But let's give you a brief overview. The S S A B Hammond which was sold privately in 1947, wrecked and scrapped in 1963. That's sad. And then there was uh, the SS Abbott L Mills, which was mined off of Dubrovnik, and in 1945 repaired and sold privately in 1949 and scrapped in 1947. And none of these all it's just are scrapped, 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 which is just sad because. There's one called the USS Abraham Lincoln, which was scrapped in 1967. Kind of ironic. It was scrapped two years after uh, 1965, which was the anniversary of the Civil War being over. So, yeah, that's kind of sad. We're just like kind of sad but at least they didn't scrap it the same day of Lincoln's death because that would have just been creepy and sad so yeah and also quite disrespectful
1: because uh, it's a dead person you're supposed to respect the deceased
0: it's just named after people it's not really that much but uh, there's this one called the SS Allen Seeger and it was actually a tanker which it seems like a few of them were just modified in certain cases But, um, the Seager was sold privately in 1947 and collided with the USS Vaughn Steuben, which was a Madison, James Madison-class fleet ballistic missile submarine. Wow. In 1968. Then, a bunch of these just keep getting scrapped in the 60s. I mean... What's happening? Is it like they're just scrapping all of them in the 60s? Like, hey, let's just get rid of a bunch of them. The Oh, yes, the bow's back. The bow's here. Uh, then there's also this other one, the Alexander Baranov, which is also a, a variant spelling of Alexander Baranov with another spelling. It was sold to Russia as the Velver. Chintalov wrecked in 1943, repaired and returned to the US flag. Scrapped 1965. Why do they always get scrapped in the 60s? I mean, what is going on? There was the Alexander
1: Everything.
0: The Alexander of the 60s, okay? Yeah. It was the start of there was the Vietnam War, there was the Cold War. There was People starting
1: yeah, things
0: the start the of 60s. roller discos in the 70s and 80s. I mean, those were funny. Uh, the Alexander like, Macomb was torpedoed and lost in the North Atlantic 1942. That's sad. Oh, my God. Now, that's just sad. The Alexander Majors was kamikaze bombed in 1944, which is when... Uh, Basically, when these Japanese pilots just decide, hey, for the good of the Japanese empire, I'm just going to drive my plane right into this American ship and hope it destroys it. And then it was repaired and sold in 1947 and then scrapped in 1973. So really, this guy just basically killed himself and nothing really happened. Oh, that's just sad. I mean, really sad. But let's go back to Liberty ships. I gotta look at this. So, uh, one interesting thing about them is the. Let's see. Uh, a lot of women actually worked on these ships. Like, for example, uh. Uh, this one woman, her name was Easton Cohener, a former waitress at work on the Liberty Ship SS George Washington Carver, named after the guy who basically discovered Peanuts. <laughs> Interesting, at the Kaiser shipyards. Funny, 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 funny. Okay, let's look at this. So they have this whole thing where they're showing us kind of the build. So day two, they laying off the keel plates. I mean, it looks really weird until it's built it looks like wooden almost until it's built but it was really cool oh the engine room is really cool i've actually seen this because i was obsessed with liberty ships when i was younger but uh the engine's really cool they got this big block and then they got these small little turbines and land what um how about you talk about uh um uh, how about, let's see what you can talk about the variants those are pretty cool
1: Like, I mean.
0: So,
1: well, I mean.
0: Uh, so, you're cutting in and
1: also,
0: out. You're cut.
1: Also, side note for all you.
0: Babies. She's, she's cutting in and out. Land, you're cutting she's in and out. Okay, so let's oh, talk about it. Uh, so um, there was the collar which was. Then there was the tank carrier, the tanker. Then there was the boxed aircraft transport. What does that mean? They just put airplanes in boxes and put them everywhere. That's weird. But Lan, um, uh, can you tell us why the U.S. decided to uh, make these ships? Oh. Uh, so I mean, when did they decide to do it? When did they decide to do it? <clears throat> a long, long, long time ago, in... Shit, I don't
1: remember, not gonna lie there, I don't remember, sorry.
0: Oh, yeah, I I, I, I... I just pulled it up, got it. It was 1936, the American Merchant Marine Act. It was subsidizing the annual construction of 50 commercial vessels, which could be used in wartime as auxiliary ships. Oh, look, now, we got this great photo of the, uh, ship... And it looks really cool. So it's got three of these gigantic cargo winches. And then they got on either side of the boat, they got these gigantic guns. And I mean, it's just kind of cool. So they got five cargo holds. They got these deep tank thingies. They got the engines and the boilers. They got the tween decks where everyone's sleeping. There's the peak deck, which I don't know what that is. The aft peak deck. Oh, yeah, that's right. I meant to say that's weird. And then they got all these guns, and then they got the bridge, it's really cool. Then they got this thing with a bunch of um, lifeboats. So there's a lot of ships that were around, but let's look at the victory ships. The U- it was the SS China victory, yeah, because China was on our side of the war. Greece victory, USSR victory, the SS USSR victory, which is just a mouthful. If you don't say it without the abbreviation. So it's State Ship United.
1: Sorry.
0: Give me one second. Seriously,
1: um, you will die of, um, like not grieving in between saying it before it, you actually get to finish, so, uh.
0: The U.S. All
1: your wasted.
0: So it's the United of Soviet Socialist Republics. So that's really what USSR. So, so let's say it for you real fast.
1: Seriously, it's it's, made order.
0: It's SS. So it's State Ship. United Soviet Socialist Republic Victory. So if you think about it, it's not a good idea to be saying that in nineteen seventy. But. Let's see what happened to it. Ship marked V da, 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 sank on June 1961 off the coast of England. Well, that's good. It avoided the fact that people always just saying about its name. What is wrong with your name? Why are you talking about the USSR in a good way? Also, there was a ship called the SSUS Victory. So it's State Ship United States Victory, which is confusing because.
1: I mean, there were a few good things about the USSR, and one is definitely their freaking synth pop.
0: They had Seriously.
1: pop? Go listen to well, synth pop, and, like, they had good music, basically. Go listen to some Soviet synth pop. Seriously. Go listen. Now. <laughs> I
0: mean, uh, whatever. Good. Yeah. So, there's a lot of ships that have no information about them. Really, there was the St. Petersburg victory, the Mesa victory. All these have no information. Then there's the Bernard victory. And kind of the name victory class just makes you feel happy. That and liberty class and then the empire class. The third one, the empire class. I just have to say one thing about that. When you're in the middle of a war against fascists, or you don't name a ship, class the empire class it just creeps people out like what are we fighting fascists that's dumb that's dumb extremely but you know i'm not gonna get mad at them because empire state you know there's so many things named after empire empire cake empire state that reminds me empire cake is good you should get some okay so look at this in 19 Forty-two, our merchant fleet was, like, the equivalent, um, so there's this little kind of picture with uh, the growth of our merchant fleet, and it talks about the cargo, so one ship symbol is 3,830,000 deadweight tons, 1943, it's got that and a half. And then it's three of those in 1944, four of those in 1945, and 1946. Funny enough, it's Mm -hmm. five. So, it's inconsistent, but still. I mean, inconsistent in 1943, they messed up there. Also, they said there was going to be some in 1941, but that just means, oh wait, is it like half a ship? Or what is happening? What is wrong with you people in 1941? Did you just fail? And then, oh yeah, 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 they messed up. Early Liberty ships, as we said earlier, failed a lot. They had hull problems, that kind of stuff, if you know what I mean. But really, later, they decided to make the ships a little bit better. Also a cool thing, I actually got this. Give me one second, I'll be right back. Should be around here somewhere. So, uh, you can buy this thing at one of the uh, places, but it's a literal rivet from the J-O-B, you can buy it. Or, I don't know, I thought it was on this, well, a while ago I bought it. Hello, and welcome back after the break. So, yeah, we had a pretty long part one, but part two's real purpose is just to educate you on the history of the Jeremiah O'Brien, because the ship is awesome, and it's kind of the best ship ever made. I mean, I used to be obsessed um, with the thing. I literally bought a book. I like the but
1: that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, you like the USS Prince of, sorry, the HMS Prince of Wales, which sunk the Bismarck. We all know that. Uh, let's see. So Jeremiah cool. O'Brien. Oh, let's see who he was. <laughs> so, Jeremiah O'Brien, no, so not the person. It was at Liberty Ship. So let's look at the history of the Jeremiah O'Brien. So, in June 1943, the Liberty ship SS Jeremiah O'Brien slid down the ways at New England Shipbuilding Corporation in South Portland, Maine. Shortly after, she entered service, operated by Graceline for the War Shipping Administration, which we're just going to keep calling WSA. Named for the first American to capture a British naval vessel during the Revolutionary War... The O'Brien made seven World War II voyages, ranging from England to North Ireland, to South America, to India, to Australia. She made eleven crossings of the English Channel, carrying personnel supplies to Normandy beaches in support of the D-Day invasion. Woohoo! After the war she was mothballed, which is a nickname for basically just sold away and put somewhere else. Um and laid up in the reserve fleet at Susan Bay north of San Francisco out of the mothball fleet in the 1970s 33 years later she maneuvered by the administration official rear admiral Thomas J Patterson himself a former liberty ship sailor saved the o'brien from the scrapyard In 1979, after hundreds of hours of labor by volunteer crew members to remove thick layers of preservatives, the O'Brien headed for San Francisco to be restored. No other ship has steamed out of the mothball fleet under her own power. Following the dry docking and generous donations of money and supplies by numerous individuals and companies and thousands of hours of restoration work by her crew volunteer crew. The old ship entered service at San Francisco Bay in new like condition. She's a steaming memorial to the seamen of the U.S. Merchant Marine who served on Liberty ships in WW2 to their naval gun crews and the civilian men and women who built the largest single class of ships in history, more than like I said 2,700. Of these. And they played a great role. Also in 1994. Returned. To Normandy. So it made an epic 8th voyage. Steaming through the Golden Gate. Down the west coast. And there's this photo of it going. Through the Tower Bridge at London. And it was. Her old crew who sailed on her. And a few cadets from the California Maritime Academy. Participated in the 50th anniversary of Operation Overlord, which, as most people know, the Allied invasion of Normandy, more than turned the tide of WW2 in Europe. More than 5,000 ships that formed the original D Day Armada, the O'Brien was the only ship to return 50 years later, although smaller vessels from many countries also returned. She and her crew were viewed by The Queen of England from the Royal Yacht, Britannia, visited by the President of the United States and honored on both sides of the English Channel on that historic occasion. Returning across the Atlantic, her first U.S. port of call was her birthday place, South Portland, Maine. So basically she went back to her home. And it was a six-month, 18,000-mile journey. She visited many more U.S. cities before returning through the Golden Gate. The O'Brien made the entire voyage without no significant repairs and arrived at port ahead of schedule. So what we're saying is basically a very old boat, 50 years after Normandy, came back and got back Without breaking down and being destroyed. So, that's an accomplishment. And, um, that's great. The O'Brien is a part, it's a museum, and it's at Pier 45, Fisherman's Wharf, and open to the public. Virtually the entire ship, you can see virtually the entire ship. From engine room to flying bridge, consumed by visitors. Boilers are lift off and... Basically, and the two thousand five hundred horsepower triple expansion reciprocating steam main engine is operated on steaming weekends. Totally, the third Saturday and Sunday of each month, so visitors can see the engine plant in action. Several San Francisco Bay cruises are scheduled each year. By the way, because of COVID restrictions, they probably just had some problems going on. So yeah, yeah. By the way, they have a shopping cart, so we're gonna look at that real fast. Uh, what kind of things do they have? Let's see. Home. Jeremiah O'Brien. Save the O'Brien.
1: At this point, they're probably gonna make, like, t-shirts of the O'Brien. They do have
0: t-shirts. Wait, what? Already? They do. They've had them for a while.
1: Bruh, and... I thought it was weird when you could literally buy a a.
0: citizenship.
1: Sea Let's search it up. Citizenship. Sure. You can buy the, you can literally they have buy merch.
0: your, right. They have tons of merch. They have a shirt that's literally a photo of the O'Brien. They have a hat that says the U.S. Jeremiah O'Brien, San Francisco, California.
1: The Principality of Sealand. You can buy your own citizenship there. You oh, can yeah. buy your own goddamn citizenship from a website.
0: You could also be a lord in... Or a
1: lady, baron or baroness, what you notice.
0: In um Ireland, it's this whole thing. It's so weird. There's also a Jeremiah O'Brien wooden model. There's so many cool things. I mean, it's but a again, revered have, ship.
1: Like, figures of...
0: Ship. Yeah, I wanted to buy, like, if they ever made, like, a Lego version of the ship to buy one because it would look cool. Just, um, I oh have I have the Lego, um, Helicarrier, I just thought putting it right next to it would look cool. Also, for all of you hardcore Marvel fans out there, there was a Liberty ship or something that was similar class to a Liberty ship involved in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, the ship that, uh, they... That our good friend what's his name died in. Sorry, I'm actually forgetting all Archangels. of them. Uh so it was um the guy with the ice powers it was at the academy, let's see. Oh my god. His name in real Marvel is like Blizzard. Oh yes, Donnie Gill! Yeah, he died on that chip. So that's funny. Oh my gosh. Uh, what now wow.
1: why do you sound so happy about it?
0: Well, I'm happy because they was in a show. I'm not happy because some guy died. I'm never happy if somebody died. All right. Oh, wow. So, let's see.
1: Oh, my God. They have dropped dead pins and... Wait, wait, hold up. They're selling socks now? Oh, my God.
0: Okay, she's just geeking over music merch. But let's look at some other thing. Liberty Ship... Ship, Lego. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I want to see if they. they have... Wait. Oh, they have it. They have a Lego model, the Liberty Ship. Let me look at it.
1: Excuse me. What they actually do?
0: Yeah, they do. Sorry. Yeah, that's this is Lego.
1: exactly how I reacted when I found out there were Gerard way Funko Pops. It's
0: yeah, it's sitting, sitting right the there. World. It looks really good. It's really cool. Dad. I'm
1: gonna go onto hot topic to see how they look again because.
0: Uh, oh yeah, she's just not? looking at uh, merch, but um, funny enough, uh, th- I'm just looking at this model of uh, the um, uh, the Liberty ship, and uh, they have this oh my review God. of God. the Lego store in New York, and it's like. Cool store but not amazing. There's literally an entire city model. It's hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. Wow,
1: well, I am genuinely surprised.
0: Wow, that's and- a lot of money. I'm just looking at how much the um the Lego set costs. And today is the
1: day I I remember I still have no money.
0: Wow you don't have to say that oh by the way did you know there were aircraft carrier submarines which is kind of cool
1: okay what
0: yeah there were there were these submarines that literally had planes on them they look so cool search it up
1: no thank you and oh my god
0: Okay, let's keep going. So, yeah, they were aircraft carriers. Nuke submarines were aircraft carriers. Now, that is just creepy. I mean, you have planes and you have nukes. You can fire the plane, the nukes from the plane, or you can use it from the submarine. Pick one! From
1: a submarine. Excuse me, what the heck?
0: And just literally.
1: I am genuinely afraid at this point what this world is coming to. Like. It seems like humans can just invent anything, and, like, somehow it works.
0: Yeah, a few things haven't worked. We haven't figured out a way to create holograms. That's because literally every try is just people saying, hey, let's project something onto glass. Wow. And it never works, obviously. You need to find a way to make it work. Because you need to have the glass having touchscreens on it. It's all this whole thing. Also, humans haven't found a way to travel to Mars yet. Actually, we kind of have, but we don't have the fuel to get there. A lot of things we haven't done. But, that's what's happening. But on Monday, we are going to look at Russia. Russia. P- they're probably. Wait, we
1: should have done episode on the Bismarck because that's super interesting. It's yes, super cool.
0: that's our next. That's uh our episode on next Saturday. So it's. Yeah. Russia and then Bismarck. One information yeah. about Russia. Their probably favorite Christmas song at this time of the year is Jingle Bells. America sucks. Uh, oh Donald Trump God. is our best God. friend. We're going to rule the world. Yeah, that's their favorite Christmas song, I promise you. It's like every kid. Oh, I got to go. I have a big, like, remote virtual party to go do. But thank you so much. And have a nice week. We will see you on Monday and Saturday. Also, our other podcast, Some Real News for Once with Carson Robinson, is having a Monday episode. And on our Friday episode, Lan will be talking about music again, because she told me before there was some new music. Books. Yes, she's also our comic book person as well. I changed that. But, again, check out our other podcasts and listen to our episodes on Russia, the Bismarck, and our episode next Monday, which will be on... Please Dang. don't tell me about the Statue of Liberty. How they completely crowdsourced Dang. it for uh, money, because they were so poor. Not, America was so rich, but...
1: Why it even turns green in the first place.
0: Yes, that's in another way interesting, way. cool thing about certain elements. And then, on Saturday, we're going to be talking about something else. Helen
1: Quinn and how great he is. No. That's not
0: that's not what we're talking about. We're going to be talking next Saturday, not the Saturday after that, but like two Saturdays from now, so two weeks from now, we're going to be talking about the history of the Native American group known as the Powhatans. So yay! They basically are the people who first encountered Jamestown. So if you want a little Jamestown information, you're going to find out. Also, the truth behind Thanksgiving.
1: Apparently, we could find eight people named James there.
0: They had a few people. but thank you so much. We'll see you later. By the way, again, a note. I'm sorry if we butcher any names. And again, um, this show is produced by me, Carson Robinson, and the whole team, including Lan and others. And yeah. we are. Really thankful okay. for you to be listening to our show, and we hope you listen we in to our newer episodes. <laughs> yes, that reminds me, we're gonna be doing an episode on. Um, uh, we're gonna be doing an episode on China and Tibet. After that, three weeks from now. So yeah, we're gonna be kind of doing a binge on uh, countries and that kind of stuff. Also, if you want us to do an episode on American democracy all around, then, well, yes, we will be doing that. We will be doing an American democracy section where we look at Congress, the President, no longer Trump, and our other uh, group, which is the Supreme Court, who just ruled that the election was fair. Nice work, guys. And then after that, we're just going to be doing something on U.S. foreign affairs. So, talking about the ambassadors. So, we got a really booked yeah, so couple of months.
1: involved in literally every foreign conflict in existence. Why can we just not stop?
0: We didn't Please. get involved. Oh, wait, we kind of did get involved in that. Sorry, I actually. No. Exactly. We didn't get involved in any foreign conflicts before we were founded. So, I got you there.
1: Uh It's actually kind of true now that I think about it. Sorry, you busted me there.
0: Yes. Also, they didn't get involved in uh, another foreign conflict, which was they didn't really get involved in the war between. They didn't get involved in Brexit. Yeah, they didn't get involved in Brexit, the war between the European Union and Britain. I mean, they probably screw that up too. Which is basically the same. Boris Johnson and Trump look like clones of each other, except one has a better accent. Guess which one? I'm joking. It's Boris. Um, yeah. If, you hear,
1: if y'all hear weird giggling from me, um, don't worry. It's just me fangirling over some bands.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you want less of that, just talk in the comments. Uh, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I gotta go and. Have a nice week. And we're going to have a couple...
1: Whatever time zone you are in.
0: Yes, and we're going to have a very busy couple of months with also more episodes since Lan said that she wanted to do something on Vietnamese history, which we'll allow, and uh, another one on Irish history, because I'm Irish, obviously. And then another one on Italy, and then another one on France. And we'll be looking at um, our other correspondents to help out, not just Len. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much, everybody. And good night. Or good day. Or good, good afternoon.
1: World, in this world that we live in.
0: Yeah. Also, Merry Christmas, if you celebrate. If not, Happy Hanukkah. If not, that as well. Happy
1: Hol- yeah. Well.
0: Yeah, and uh, don't go to some winter wonderland party. There's COVID out in the world.
1: Don't go anywhere, actually. Spend-
0: Except for the grocery store and things you actually need. Or
1: any other necessities? If you actually need, need Not,
0: not cosmetic surgery. Bye. Or
1: hot topic, or manic panic, or whatever you.
0: Stop with the band stuff. I've got to go. Bye, Len. Bye. So that was this week's episode. Again, it's going to be a very busy couple of months. And happy holidays.